Hello, and thank you for listening to the Healing Hearts Worship Center podcast under the leadership of our senior pastor, Sharita L. Smith. Here we are a ministry that believes in faith, healing, and deliverance. We pray that the word of God will touch you, bring you direction, correction, and deliverance. We thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. And remember, we love you to life. And I moved to Africa. And uh, just decided I was going to stay in Africa as long as I could stay. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, Rona just came in acting like she had no sense at all. She tried to ruin my whole flow. But uh, this Wednesday, I'm going back to Africa. That's my home away from home. But when I was chatting with Pastor Sharita and she was saying to come, um, I really felt in my heart that, that I was supposed to be here today. And I want you to know, oh God, I love you. I celebrate you. I honor you. I appreciate you. I really do. And I see so many familiar faces um, that I've seen. And coming to Healing Hearts over the years. Thank you for sticking with this woman. Thank you for pushing and believing and trusting. Because it's it's not easy doing what we do. I've been wanting to quit for years. I'm telling the truth. I wish I was kidding. I've been wanting to quit for years and just sell cars or do something where I didn't have to deal with folk. You know? But there's something about Jesus. There's something about the presence of God. There's something about walking in broken and leaving healed or sick. Coming in sick. Leaving delivered. There's something about finding hope something that happens when you get into a room and God begins to show up. You're like, you was preacher, you was in my house this week. I didn't tell nobody what was happening. But God, I feel the Holy Ghost already. Put me in B-flat for just a moment. I'm, 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 I'm old, so therefore I'm, I'm old school. And uh, the old saints used to just say, there is none like you. Y'all know that? No one else can touch my heart like you do. For I could search for all eternity long. You got me now. Come on, let's do it one more time. Say there is none. Say there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. There 
today. I'm going to preach in a hurry. Um, today we want to um, minister uh, on, on levels and dimensions. We want to uh, preach here on, uh, obviously, we want to preach to those of you who are in the room individually. So this is a word that's coming to, to you, to your house. Uh, we also want to preach to those who are uh, not yet here, but coming. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're believing today that while you're sitting in this room, God is changing things in your bedroom, in your living room, and things like that. So there are others that are here that are going to be impacted by what God does in this room today. So I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to those that are coming. And thirdly, we're preaching into dimensions of the atmosphere powers and principalities and those that are ruling and reigning in territories uh, over our lives and our communities and we're believing that God is going to do a deep-seated work in us individually and those that are coming and also in the heavens today. We're in the right text this morning as my sister read. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 21, it is the typical, the traditional, it is the story that we normally read on uh, this Sunday which is Palm Sunday. And I want to spend a few moments here and take a bit of a deep dive into the story. If you would allow me to do so, I want to begin reading at verse 1. And I want to continue down to uh, about verse 16. You've heard just a little bit of this this morning, but we're going to read it again. You can remain seated if you want to. The Word of God is the same whether you're standing or seating. It doesn't matter. I'm not sure what your custom is, but I'm cool with you uh, sitting down. If you're cool with me standing up, I'm all right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 21 and verse 1. If you have it, say, I've got it. it. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, set him on them, and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. 
Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And he said to them, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Let's pray quickly and I'm going to preach. Father, help us by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Uh, let me just work this down for a moment here. I, I, I like this, I like this uh, story. And, and I think we should take just a few moments to kind of develop it. It starts out really interesting to me because Jesus uh, tells two of his disciples, he says, I want you to go into the city. And when you get into the city, you're going to find two donkeys that are tied to a post. I want you to steal them. And I want you to bring them to me. And if anybody asks you what you are doing, I want you to say to them, tell them that the Lord has need of them. I like this because he immediately took it to the highest dimension. He didn't say, don't say nothing about Jesus. Don't say nothing about Christ. But just tell them the Lord. Uh -huh. Because whatever happens in the third dimension is the most powerful dimension. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. These three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Mary didn't have triplets. It's the same baby boy. But he's Savior in the outer court. He's Christ in the inner court. And he's Lord in the Holy of Holies. There's a lot of people know Jesus as Savior. Pentecostal folks, they know him as Christ. You know, we know him as... But when you know him as Lord, everything changes. When you know him as Lord, because when he's the Lord of your life, you think right, you act right, you emote correctly, everything, you talk right, you everything. Because people allow him to be Lord. Jesus said, Tell him that the Lord, why? Because even those, those donkeys don't technically belong to Jesus. They really belong to Jesus. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So he was saying those that have been stewarding these donkeys bring them to their rightful owner. Because in the realm of the earth I'm an owner of nothing and a steward of everything. So the Bible says that they they brought these junk donkeys to Jesus and they decided that they were going to set Jesus on the donkeys to bring him into. And this is the story that we uh, always tell on Palm Sunday with Jesus. But the other synoptic gospels will tell you this, that when they brought the donkeys to Jesus, Jesus said, put me on the younger colt. King James says, put him on, and she can help me, and I appreciate it, for real. Because you know, sometimes y'all won't help white folk. You see white folk, like, nah, I ain't gonna help you. <laughs> I appreciate you, baby, I for real. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, I don't help him either. Uh, the, the, but the Bible says, if you read the other Gospels, the Bible says that they sat Jesus upon the donkey, whereupon 
no man had ever sat. Now, if you understand the lunacy of this, because you ever watch the, the rodeo? But then people that try to get on a, 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 a bull or a horse that's never been broke. And that horse starts saying, I, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but this ain't going to work. And there's a, a sense of rebellion that's built into that cow, that horse, that bull that says, you don't belong on my back. But Jesus decides that when he's going to be carried, he's going to be carried upon that which no man has ever sat upon. Which, other, which simply means that this, this donkey has not been taught, hasn't been tested, it hasn't been trained by, by humanity. Man has not had anything to do with it. And, and what the, the principle is that Jesus said, this next move into the city, I'm not going to be carried by that which other men have trained. I'm not going to be moved by that which other men have manipulated. I'm not going to do it the way that everybody else is doing it. I'm not going to come in the way that you would expect me to come in. I'm going to ride on the new thing. I'm going to get the thing that man has nothing to do with. I'm going to get the thing that man has never touched. I'm going to get on that. And that's what's going to carry me into this season. I came to prophesy that if we're going to do anything for God in this next season, we're going to have to let go of all the things that we've been taught and all the ways that we've been trained. And we're going to have to learn how to ride this new thing that Jesus is doing. Because we can't come in and sing three fast songs and two slow songs, preach a message and get up out the way and think that that's having church. We're not having church until everybody that needs Jesus begins to say, who is this Jesus that we're talking about? I feel the Holy Ghost. By the new thing. Man has not had his hands on it. And the Bible says that they put him on this donkey. And they start making their way into uh, the city. And there's a crowd of people that begin to gather around. Some before him. Some after him. And they begin to... Uh, spread their garments on the donkeys on the road and when they ran out of their coverings, when they ran out of their outer garments, when they ran out of things that were superficial, the things that were external, when they ran out of those things, they began to grab the palm branches and they began to cry out, Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the high. It's, it's actually a very interesting word that they are using because the word Hosanna uh, literally translated means save now. The word Hosanna means save now. And if you understand that, that Jesus has not yet been to the cross. The blood has not yet been shed. So in his official capacity of Savior, he's not yet empowered to do what they are asking him to do. But they're able to look wow. through the lens wow. prophetically wow. and see that even though he hasn't yet paid the price, I know he's got the money to do it. And I trust that he is able to save me. So I like Palm Sunday because Palm Sunday is a day of prophetic praise. It's about understanding that even though he hasn't done it yet, it doesn't mean I can't praise him like he already has. It doesn't mean that I have to physically see it to be able to grab that thing in the realm of the spirit and say this belongs to me. It's alright if you say save now. Show up now. Deliver now. It's okay if you give him that Hosanna because even though he hasn't, I'm so, you know, I'm so weary with church folk. That, 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 that the quality of their worship is predicated on the quality of their week. So, if, if they done had a good week, they'll come in and tear the church up. 
But let them, let them not be able to pay a, a cell bill or, or let, 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 the, let the little raggedy boyfriend break up with them. They'll come in and sit all the way in the back of the church, fold their little hands, and act like God ain't never did nothing for them. The devil is a even though he hasn't done it yet, I'm about to give him my praise. My Hosanna belongs to him. I like, I like their kind of praise. Because their kind of praise is looking into the future. Their kind of praise is locked up in tomorrow. It's a praise of hope. It's a praise of anticipation. It's a praise of faith and expectation. It's a praise of knowing it's going to happen. It's a praise of it hasn't yet been done. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it even entered into the heart of man. But in my spirit, I know that that right there is Hosanna. Even though the blood hasn't been shed, I know that that's my key to deliverance. I know that he's the one that's going to answer my every question, every problem. I know that he. I found out I found out that there are there, there, there basically there are basically two kind of praisers in the church yeah and there's praisers that that uh, praise God for what he's doing yeah as long as God's doing stuff they're praising yeah. because their relationship with God has become performance based so as long as God is you know, flexing on, showing up, doing, they just on tilt. Come And the problem with that is you get locked up into the externals. You start praising God based on His, his provision and how big it is and yeah. how much it is yeah. and, and if you can talk him in to doing what you want him to do <laughs> and it's easy to find the performance based praises because that comes for a while that comes for a while but if it don't if it don't work right now quick fast and then come on come on that right there come on just gone. <laughs> and won't come back won't come until back. they think God deserves it. But it's a, it's another level of praise that I really like. And and that's the kind of praiser that doesn't praise God based on what he's doing, but they praise God based on who he is being. Because they know that even when he's not doing the healing, he's still being. They know that when he's not doing the providing, they say, I know that he is yet Jehovah Jireh. And I know that he's going to come through. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I do know he's going to come through. So I'm not going to predicate my praise on my pocketbook or what's going on in my life. I'm going to come in the church through hell and high water and lift up my voice and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, surely my enemies would have sworn. Thanks be unto God who always calls it to me. Says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in If you get that kind of pride, let me get to my message. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so they put Jesus on this uh, new cult. Jesus is being carried by the new thing. And, and he's been carried into the city in a prophetic processional of an expected outcome. Yes. Hosanna is saying the immediacy of my prophetic forecast is that saved now before the cross. And the Bible says that 
When Jesus comes into the city, He makes His first stop at the temple. Because the principle is, i got to fix the church first. i got no business trying to fix the whole city. Y'all ain't going to say nothing right here. Until I fix the church. Because the temple is the seat of authority in the realm of the earth. And he said the whole temple is jacked up. Out of order. Cuckoo for cocoa pups. Needing a check up from the neck up. The church has lost its freaking mind. Help us. And he said, I got to go deal with my father's house first. And Jesus, mild, meek, you know, lamb, comes into the church like a lunatic. He starts chasing people out of the church. Whips in his hands, hollering and screaming, acting like he has no home church. Well, he's born in a barn. So, he, like, no home training at all. He's just ripping the place to shreds. He starts kicking people out of the church who have been in seats of authority that have been established. He starts putting them out. Essentially saying to them, you are a part of the problem. And I came to start uprooting a deconstruct messing with things he starts kicking over tables chairs start flying money is going everywhere let me say nothing he messes with come on he came in and he kicked them out he came in and he put them out he started messing with their money. Doves start flying everywhere because he's unlocking the cages of the doves and he's setting the dove free. He said you had you've had the dove. Which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You yeah. have the Holy Ghost locked up. Come on, He said to them, You've been selling the Holy Ghost. You've been selling the dove. Now it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me because you understand that they are still under uh, I feel the I, I feel the spirit of the Lord in here. Come on, yeah. come on. You, you understand that they are under a uh, Judaism law, Judaism. Yeah. Uh, law system, come on, yeah. right. which said this: right. the level of your sin, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, determined the level of your sacrifice. That's right. That's right. Come on. Mm. So it was it was depending on what you were doing. Yeah, that's right. Then you might be able to get away with a pigeon, mm -hmm. a, goat, a, goat, a dove, a but you might need a sheep mm -hmm. or a lamb. You might need a ram or a bullock. <laughs> Depending on what was going on, your sin required a sacrificial offering. And the principle was that you were supposed to bring to God the best that you had. Come on, yeah. Yeah. No no blemish. Come on. Under, you ought to thank God that you're under the new covenant, not the old. Because under the old covenant, your apology actually cost you something. And it was designed to say that I really mean it when I say I'm sorry. I really mean it when I say forgive me. Because I'm not bringing the very best bull that I have. 
that I have invested in it's cost me that I've raised that I could get a lot of money for but because I have misstepped I've got to bring this to the Father to show Him uh, y'all ain't saying that to show Him how truly repentant I am under the old covenant you paid your way out so it's interesting to me that even though this is the system that is required, predicated by the law, this is not their behavior. It's interesting that they ain't selling lambs. They're not selling goats, a bullock, or rams. The only thing that they are selling is the dove. I'm telling you in this next season, these uh, false prophetic gifts that try to tell you you can sow some kind of seed and buy your way out of your trouble. They can kiss my entire grits. He took everything I had. People trying to sell you a miracle, trying to sell you a prophecy, trying to sell you a promise. The devil is a liar. I can't even watch Christian TV because they're so busy trying to sell me the dove. Jesus comes in there and he says, it's time for me to put y'all out, uh -huh. to mess with your money, uh -huh. and to set the dove free. Then the Bible says this. Don't sit down, I'm just talking to you. Then the Bible says this. The Bible says that he says to them, he says, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. A house of divine dialogue. Prayer is not me talking to God and God not saying anything back. Prayer is not monologue. Prayer is not, uh, Heavenly Father, we beseech you by the mercies of God that you would grant us the auspicious tendency of your grace today. Oh, Father. That's not prayer. Prayer is... The dialogue, communication, it's a two-way street. That's right. It's a volley, it's a tennis match. I give it to him. He gets it back. Come on here. I ask a question. He gives me the answer. It's the way he works. It's my daddy. It's my papa. And he says, you guys have made this a den of thieves. It's supposed to be called... A house of prayer. Which means essentially that he comes in and he renames the house. He deals with their identity issue. He says the identity that you are portraying is den of thieves. I'm going to change that. And bring it back to the original intent of house of prayer. Because name denotes nature. Whenever you get a name change, you get a nature change. That's why I'm concerned about folk that got saved and didn't get changed. Because if you ask Saul, when God shows up, He changes everything. Y'all remember the story of Jesus walking with His disciples? And He's done spent three years with them. And He looks at them in one day and He says, uh, What's the word on the street? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they start flip flopping here and there, but though some hang with you, you done the bed, you done the bed, you done the bed, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. And Jesus, okay, okay, okay. Let me ask a better question. Who do you? Who do you say that I am? And ain't but one of them. My God. They done seen this man break bread. My God. Feed thousands with a couple. 
couple of fish. They done seen him wake up dead babies, cause blind eyes to open, lame legs to walk. They've seen him do all kinds of things. And one of them says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon. Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And now I say to you that you are actually Peter. The principle is I can't tell you who you are until you know who I am. But the moment Simon knew who he was, all of a sudden Jesus says, now I can tell you who you really are. And you are not Simon, you are Peter. Look at the transformation. Simon means weak, unstable, moved by anything and everything. It means highly emotional. You just floating out there in the wind. He says, You are, that is not who you are. But I couldn't tell you that until I knew that you knew me. And as soon as you know me, you will get a brand new identity. You will get a name change. And I'm going to move you from weak and unstable into a rock of revelation. Unmovable. And on this rock of revelation, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Because name, name denotes nature. When you get a name change, your nature changes. Ask Jacob. Jacob, who showed up as deceiver, said, I don't like my former identity. Wrestled with God in the middle of nowhere until he got a name change to Israel. Yeah. From liar to prince. Then he said, even that's not enough. Why? Because that's only the second dimension. Jacob in the first dimension. Israel in the second dimension. But he got a third name, if you look in the book of Isaiah, to Jeshurun. Which simply means that the Lord has straightened me out. Because as Israel, he was still limping. But there was a place where God said, I can straighten you all the way out. It is the righteousness or the uprightness or the right standing that I have with God. The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says that when all of this, watch this, when all of this chaos, can you imagine what that must have looked like? Can you imagine if someone came running through those doors and started throwing instruments everywhere, slinging chairs, kicking us? Can you imagine the trauma, the chaos? But what looked like chaos to men, was actually the beginning of order for God. I need somebody to hear me right here. If you wonder why all kind of hell is breaking loose in your life. If you wonder why he's putting you out. Messing with your money. Asking you to let the dove free. It's simply because that his ways are not our way. And what men called order, Jesus called control. And what looked like chaos was actually reformation. It was the re because he first tears down, uproot, digs out, overthrows. He starts with the deconstruct yes. Come on, so that he can bring the reconstruct. He starts with tearing everything up so he can put it back like it. And, and, and all this is, is is a picture of a jealous Jesus that just says, I want my church back. It's simply him saying, you've turned it into something 
it was never supposed to be. And I want to bring it back. I want to set it in order the way that my father attended from the beginning. And the Bible says when all of this happens, all of a sudden, it says there that here comes the blind and the lame. The blind and the lame. Interesting congregation. I don't know where the deaf are. I don't know where the mute are. I don't know where the diabetics and all. I don't know where they are. Because all I know is that the ministry that Jesus attracts is the blind and the lame. And he begins to heal the blind and the lame in that order. Which means that he deals with sight or vision. He deals with vision before he deals with their walk. Because he says, I can't even deal with the way you walk until I get your vision right. If I can get your vision right, I can get your walk right. Come on. I, I hope you're in this room today. Because God's trying to help a whole lot. Jesus. Because once you get focused on the vision, are you hearing? He deals with this by way of principle and he deals with this in order because the church has forever been dealing with the way that people walk. Wow, that's good. That's good. We've been so caught up with are they are they uh, shacking? Are they gay? Are they this? Are they that? Are they hoeing, pimping, selling? We've been so caught up with the way that so so focused on their feet. Yes, come on, dear. Wondering where they've been and where they're going. Come on here. That's good right there. I'm preaching all right for white people. That's good. That's good. I feel y'all trying to suck all the air out the atmosphere. I'm going to preach now. Whether you help me or not, I'm going to preach. the place I literally I don't care come on how, how they walk in anymore yeah, don't. I, I, <laughs> because I want them to get a vision <laughs> if I can get them to get a vision yes. their feet are yeah. gonna follow their focus that's the way it's gonna go you ain't never gonna be a millionaire while you focus on some dumb stuff yeah you ain't never going to be, uh, you know, hooked up with the man of your dreams while you still committed to hanging out with the man of your nightmares. Oh. You got you to gotta focus even if you're lonely. You got to focus even if you're broke. You got to focus even if you got symptoms in your body. You got, I'm going to focus on my healing. I'm going to focus on my deliverance because wherever my eyes go, that's why you got to write that vision. you got to make that thing plain. you got to write it so plain so that anybody that reads it can start running with it. you got to write it down and hold it there because you got to understand that the vision, even though it might tarry, it is going to come. It's going to show up. It's going to manifest itself at some point. you got to be committed to the vision. Because your focus gives instructions to your feet and he healed the blind and the lame in that order. Thank you, oh God. This is what I want to say to you because I really believe that this is something that we, we honestly need to, to deal with because especially as Pentecostal, as spirit-filled folk, as full gospel, as tongue-talking, oil-slinging, water-baptizing, demon-casting out people that we are. 
We honestly got caught up for years thinking that if there was somebody that wasn't living right in the church, that, that, that there was somehow they're going to mess it up for everybody Come on else. here. Why are y'all so quiet? You talking good. You talking good. I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I, I, came up, I came up like this. I saw my own daddy. I saw my own daddy kick his own daughter and my sister out the church when she got pregnant and wasn't married. I, I watched that with my eyes. Because we would rather hide you than, than try to explain you. Because out of sight is out of mind. And you ain't gonna come up in this church. The whole time got the nerve to talk about whosoever will. And, and what you will find out is that the church will preach whosoever will until whosoever will shows up and they'll be like, oh hell no, we didn't talk about you. And we, we, we didn't, them, that's the whosoever will we're looking for, but no. Yeah, Jesus is saying, bring me those that don't see right and bring me those that ain't walking right. Because that's the people that I've been trying to get in this temple in the first place. He was tired of all the hierarchy of the nonsense of the scribes and the Pharisees acting like they got it all together, dressed up, spit, shined, and polished, but they ain't making a difference at all because it's just the rudiments of religion. There's nothing that's actually happening. Money's here. You got the dove locked up, and it looks good, but you have no The Bible says, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Oh, talking good, sir. And, and the Bible says that He heals the blind, He heals the lame. And there's a group of people that begin to come to the temple and they're saying the same thing that ushered Him there. The immediacy of transformation, of salvation. The Hosanna is what brought him there. Yes. They began to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the Bible says, watch this now, this is crazy to me, because the Bible says that the scribes and the Pharisees who were uh, running the, the temple, they saw with their eyes the miracles. They saw the blind receive sight. They saw the lame start walking. In spite of all of this, they are able to witness the power of God firsthand. But the thing that really pisses them off, if I can be so blunt, is that they're now mad that the people that are in the temple are saying the same thing that the outsiders were saying. Wow. Mm. Wow. Jesus. Because wasn't nobody fussing about him being called Hosanna as long as he was in the street. They got him in the temple. The leadership said, This Jesus is gonna mess up our whole game. This Jesus is going to tear up this system that we've had working forever. And it works good because we can manipulate people. Sell them a dove. And they'll think that they are cool. Because they exchanged a few dollars for a few doves. And this Jesus, hey, this Jesus is about to mess it all up. Mess it up. Because we've had these people behaving like we need them to behave. They've convinced. 
that what we're doing is right. Yeah. We've got them exactly we where want we them. want them. And now our money is getting messed up. Uh, we're not the stars of the show anymore. They're completely bypassing all of our hierarchy just so they can get to this Jesus. Jesus. My God. Sit with that for just a moment. Sit with that for just a moment. When we see in this postmodern world, this church who has turned celebrity, who have their eyes on this one and that one, and lost our focus that we come in this room for nobody other than this Jesus. Thank God the band, the praise team, the musicians, the deacons, the elders, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists, but just give me Jesus. I'm so ready just to know this Jesus. I've had so much oil poured on my head that you think I, 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 I just be greasy. <laughs> just forever greasy. <laughs> Church is cheating greasy. <laughs> Has so many people prophesied. So they got caught up in, in all that they were doing, yeah. all that they were saying, yeah. and became mesmerized by them only to lose sight of this Jesus. And that's exactly what he came to the temple to fix. He was showing up to say, it's about your systems. Not about your rules, it's not about your regulations, it's not about your programs, it's not about your protocol. Not about those that are in authority. Why? Watch what he does. He's, he turns over the tables. Yeah? He turns over the tables. The table, can I, can I have a few more moments? Come on! I wasn't even trying to go right here, but I feel something. Let me just turn it for, for a moment. He starts turning over the tables. The table represents uh, a place of feeding. Yeah? It also represents a place of fellowship. Anybody else like when, when, when my mom and daddy would have company, people would want, they would always bring them to sit at the table. Yeah? We spend more time sitting around with company at the table than we did like the family room. Because you know they have that plastic stuff on the couch. <laughs> That's the family home. <laughs> And no kids. That's like, for, that's like for older aunties and grannies and stuff like that. We don't just leave that alone. That's, that's holy place for me. But we would sit. We would sit at the table. That's right. Do you know that more business deals are done in coffee shops and tables than they are in boardrooms? The table represents uh, a place of feeding. So Jesus is saying, I need to change your diet. Jesus. I need to change what you've been eating. Wow. Because whatever you are taking in Sir. is going to be whatever you're putting Without. out. Mm. Ooh, he us. says, I've got to change the way that you do business. I've got to change your diet. I've got to change the way that your, your business model is. I've got to change all of that. He starts kicking over the stools, which represents a place of authority. Because whatever you put your foot on or whatever you sit on represents authority. And he's simply saying to them, to the scribes and the Pharisees, you guys have been feeding these, these temple worshipers an unhealthy diet. Mm. Wow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
What he's saying is that you've been feeding the worshipers an unhealthy diet, an unbalanced diet. And you've been dealing in business practices with them unethically. And those that have had their foot on things where the authority is, he says, I'm just going to uproot it all. Come on. Come on. Yes, God. Come on. Wow. Yes, Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey. Hallelujah. This jealous Jesus. Simply was coming. Because he said, I want my father's house back. And blind, the lame, he heals them. The signs and wonders and miracles are present and prevalent. But then those that are religious lost their mind when they heard this new generation. These people that they know didn't see right. <laughs> And this people that they know had been walking right. When they saw that these people were going to bypass all the hierarchy of those that were religious, those that were in authority, and those that seemed to be in control, just so that they could get to Jesus. It infuriated them. Because they were angry by what that next generation was saying. And all they were simply saying is that this temple can't change my life. You scribes, you Pharisees, those of you that have been teaching and training, you can't change my life. I need whatever it is this Jesus has. I need whatever it is He's doing. Finally, all my life, I wasn't able to walk until I met this Jesus. I had no vision until I met this Jesus. So I don't need your religion. I don't need your programs. I don't need all of that. Just give me this Jesus. Just let me have him. I'm telling you, after 52 years, this life, I'm more in love with him today than I've ever been. I don't need church services. I'm going to get in my truck and I'm going to get on 95. And he's going to sit down in that car with me. And I'm just going to have a dialogue. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to feel what I want to feel. Yes, God. Yes, God. He's going to be like, Kev, I got you, baby. Yes, God. I'm yours, man. You're mine. Thank you, God. Hey. I don't want another church service or another experience. Yes, God. Now, Pastor Tree, I'll be singing in the sanctuary sometimes in the days that I have the luxury not to preach. And now I beg. I hope they don't call me out and prophesy over me. I'm so sick of hearing. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I hope they don't call me out and prophesy over me. Because I didn't come to hear you, dude. I came because I just went to the closer walk with this Jesus. Yes, 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 Lord, thank you. Yes, God. 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 Y
That's the kind of stuff that Jesus does. Jesus is like, I love you, man. I don't know if you feel better. But I feel so much better. Don't you just lift your hands to this Jesus who's still busy changing your life, who's been so patient with you, who's been so kind and so generous. This Jesus that has every morning, baby, here's your mercy for today. We got this today. Yesterday we didn't have a good day, but it's all right. I got you. Let's get up and try again. This Jesus who keeps showing up for me even when I don't show up for him. This Jesus who still keeps reaching for me, still keeps rescuing me. This Jesus who still says, Kevin, there's a better version of you. I want to bring to the surface this Jesus who still sometimes scratches his head and says, boy, you lost your mind, but I love you with an everlasting love. Relentless in his passion for my life. Unstoppable in his pursuit of my heart. Constantly just drawing me closer and closer and closer. Life happened. Somehow you got sidetracked. But today, God's doing something in your heart. And you want a fresh start. Church can't save you. Preachers can't give you vision, cause you to walk right. But Jesus can change everything. You don't have to change anything for Him to change everything. You really can come to Him just as you are. And if you are in this room today and you would say, Kevin, I want a fresh and a real relationship with this Jesus that you preached about today. We're not going to do every head bowed, every eye closed, because every one of us have been in the position of before. Every time I call for salvation, I get saved all over again. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We don't want anything from you. We just want to make sure that before you leave this room today, that you know this Jesus. So if you would say, Kevin, I want to pray that prayer with you today. Would you just maybe get out of your seat and come and stand with me here at this altar just so that I can pray with you? And if you're already saved, I, I, I appreciate that. But if there's anyone, clap your hands for this, my brother. It almost feels like I'm renewing my vows. You ever seen people do that? You ever seen people do that? They're coming to take the, 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 this. I'm going to be careful holding your hand. If you get a prophetic, I'll be married to you. It's like, <laughs> 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 you know, 
you know, they'll be like, we've been married for 20 years. But I want to I come again. Before God and everybody and say, I'm renewing my, my vows. And it kind of feels like that's what some of us are doing, even with this Jesus. It's to say, I just want you to know that I still love you with all my heart. I'm still committed to you. I'm still in this thing with you, Jesus, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, for the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. I'm still in this thing with you. So if, you, if you're out there with Kevin, just saying, I, I'm, I'm going to come to this renewing of the vows, just wave your hands. Let's pray this prayer. Brother, pray this prayer. Father, I come to you. Come on, pray with me, everybody. Father, I come to you. Father, I come to you. In the name of your son, Jesus. In the name of your son, Jesus. I realize that I am a sinner. I realize that I'm a sinner. But I realize you're a savior. I realize that you're a savior. Save my life today. Save my life today. Wash me in your blood. Wash me in your blood. Give me a brand new start. Give me a brand new start. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth. And I confess with my mouth. That Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God. The Son of God. Raised from the dead. Raised from the dead. Come into my life. Come into my life. And give me a brand new start. And give me a brand new start. I give you everything. I give you everything. Today. I am saved. Today. Today. I am changed. I am changed. I will never be the same. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands and bless the Lord. Come on, bless the Lord. Fall in love with Jesus. Falling in love. With Jesus, now we fall in love with Jesus. What's the best thing I've ever, ever done? Thank you for listening to Healing Hearts Worship Center podcast. Please follow us on all social media platforms. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, as well as our website, www.hhwc10.com, for updates of all our events. If you would like to donate to our ministry, please visit www.hhwc10.com and hit the donate button, or www.ezekielgiving.com forward slash hhwc, or Text to give two four zero six six zero four four nine two. We hope that the word that you heard was a blessing to you. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and Jesus is Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you to life. Peace be unto you. Grace and peace be multiplied.